Live from Sweep City, it's the Pesky Report podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. I'm Ed Hand, uh, and I'm pretty happy today because, uh, you know, the Red Sox shoot two games over 500 again. I think they got a sweep. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm joined today. Uh, it's, it's a quartet. We will not be singing. That's a barbershop quartet joke. I hate myself. Um, but I'm joined today by the Iowa Enigma, the uh, sex god of middle America. The I, I, uh, Someone give me a, another one for him. Someone give me a good mm-hmm. Hogdale nickname. Many <laughs> wow, All right, I'm by Hogdale. How you what doing, a beginning. Hog? I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm really triggered you didn't use my nickname that I gave for Huizzo, which is the beacon of Tenetichlan. Well, I haven't gotten to him yet. You can announce who else. You I'm did. You said to. him first. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I said Hogdale. No, no. I said no. the Iowa Enigma. Fuck okay. It. Why don't you? Who else are we joined by Hogdale? This is terrible. Who else Fuck are we joined by? Uh, we're joined by uh, Tim, who's a sloth. No, no. Who else are we joined coward. by, though? Who else are we joined by? No. Fuck you. How dare you speak to me in such a manner? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? This is the worst me. beginning to an episode ever. This is the worst. How dare you defy me? Yeah, how dare you? The beacon of Tenetechewan. El Huizo. Okay, did I get hey, that guys. right? Was that better? Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. No, it's pretty bad. Would have been better if Hogdale did it. Yeah. How you doing, Huizo? And then there's Tim. Um, pretty good. It's been like very hot down here in Mexico, but you know, managing it. Is it like raining hot at all? At least, like, is it like hot and then it rains and then things are like okay for a little bit? No, it hasn't rained and it like it, it has been like a heat wave uh, in all the countries, so it's been rough. Well, that sucks. We're also joined by Tim. <laughs> Hello, boys. How are we? I'm, I'm pr- pretty good. So, how come Tim has a uh, Sid the Sloth from Ice Age as his um, as his avatar right now? Um, why i'm in my Sid the sloth era like i'll just be walking and be like "Ooh, a dandelion and then eat it <laughs> i thought you were in your um what's that uh, frank the tank era oh frank's still there i can't disrespect him and make him my avatar though he's way too handsome to look like me i don't i don't i don't get it but uh, you, know what I just do handsome. you know what i get that's pretty uh pretty cool the Red Sox uh, swept a series. Uh, they swept their uh, arch nemesis. The uh, I believe they're the uh, the Yankees of New York City. Their well, according rival. to Mr. Cortez, it isn't a rivalry anymore. So, <laughs> also according to Alex Corey, you know we don't even want to be playing you know on Sunday night baseball. You know lights are too bright. You know get that shit off of us. <laughs> Listen, Cora can say whatever he wants if they're just going to continue winning because yeah. this was some of the more enjoyable baseball. It was a lot like what we saw from the Red Sox during their eight-game winning streak. Part of that is, and we talked about this a little bit last week, part of this is because, my God, that Yankee team without Aaron Judge is kind of like, it looks like their AAA team from last year, complete with all of the uh, minor league journeymen. It's, it's not a good lineup. Um, and it sure showed because they could not, they could only hit once the Red Sox had already put up like 12 runs in that first game. And then I think it was two runs in, 
uh, one run in the second game of the doubleheader and two runs in the first game of the doubleheader. So they, uh, yeah. the Yankees were, were not um, hitting. They weren't really pitching. They weren't really playing defense. They kind of looked like how the Red Sox looked for like the three weeks leading up to this. <laughs> yeah. And boy, is it fun when you're on the other end of that. I mean, yeah, like, uh, like there was a catcher's interference in the series. There was like multiple box. Uh, the, the Yankees were playing like all around group on serious baseball. And I really do just feel for Aaron judge. Cause like, he's just surrounded by eight chuckleheads and like, he has to like carry them all completely on his back, like with no help for like any help. <laughs> how, uh, how did you guys feel about game one? It was uh, the Sox quick, pretty quickly went down in that one. I think they were down. Was it one nothing or two nothing? They they caught up in a hurry though. Um, and Justin Turner homered. Justin Turner doubled. Justin Turner hit a grand slam. Um, yeah, that was that was a pretty satisfying game. Um, what did what what did you guys think of Justin Turner in that first one, Tim? It would appear that Justin Turner really hates the New York Yankees. I'm not sure what the agenda is, but he cannot stand the Yankees. All he does is hit them. It kind of reminds me of when he was in L.A. and he would play, like, have great games against, like, the Giants, for instance. Like, it's just something about, like, rivalries to him, I think. I don't know what it is, but he hates the Yankees. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, we had Tanner, Tanner Houck starting that one. But, uh, unfortunately, there was, a, there was a very scary moment in that game where – um, there was a line drive that it looked like he Kauk got his glove on it a tiny bit, but it wasn't really enough to prevent it from hitting him square in the uh, in the cheek. And you know he was I when it first happened they weren't showing it on replay, so it was very hard to tell what was going on. You could tell there was a little bit of blood, but it didn't look like it was going that hard, and it didn't look like it had hit him in like the nose or the eyes or anything. So it was kind of hard to gauge what happened there. And then he was walking off. He's kept saying he was fine to the manager apparently but uh turns out he has a uh, a fractured bone under his eye so he's on the 15 day IL now yeah. not good not good um what did you think on that pizza where where are you at with Tanner Hauk I mean I'm just happy it wasn't something like more serious in 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 the moment it happened it, it was so scary it, it looked like it Hit him like riding like here, so yeah, it was very scary. The fact that he we said here he was pointing to his eye. Yeah, the the, the fact that he could uh, he remain like conscious and he was able to walk off the field that's a lot. I I think I'm perfectly fine with with a, a short stint on the IL because at least he's alive. You know that that was very very scary. Yeah, every time you see that, um, and it happened earlier this year with that Rockies pitcher, um, Ryan Feltner, I believe, and he took one off the head. We've seen that as Red Sox fans time and time again. Not all the time, but enough that it, you know, I, I remember Bryce Flurry getting nailed in the face by a line drive um, when I was a kid. Matt Clement, um, you know, Brian Johnson. Um, yeah. And it's it's always scary. It's the you know no injury is ever good, but that's a particularly scary one because it's a head injury. Uh, Hogdale, do you think that they're ever going to put in other like safety precautions? Like they'll start making them wear some kind of a helmet for that. Uh, 
players don't want it. No, they don't. <laughs> like that's the thing is like as long as the players don't want it, no. Like that. In order for like a safety thing to be passed, the players' association needs to pass off. These dudes are creatures of habit. They want to be uninhibited when they pitch the ball. And yeah, that's terrifying. And we hate to see that happen. At the end, of, it's never going to happen. The players just don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that is part of why they make the money that they do. You know, you are taking a risk there of serious injury, whether it's taking a, a hit off your face, blowing out your elbow, blowing out your ACL. Um, I mean, we look at it as like, oh, they're on the injured list, but they're the guys that are going through whatever the the pain and suffering that you experience those things are. So, it is unfortunately a part of the territory. Uh, another uh, on a less depressing note, tweet. So, what did you think of uh, Masataka Yoshida going four for four? I mean, I, I think I, I read a tweet that said that if we give Masataka like a day off every week, he's going to be the best hero in the league. And I, <laughs> I agree. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he does in his off days, but he comes back on fire every time. Uh, so it was to me no surprise that he, that he was going to destroy the Yankees after a day off. It was really. Nice to see. Also, I think he runs like very cute. So that, tri- <laughs> that triple was like very, very nice to see. Yeah, my, my friend Steve says he runs like a steampunk robot, and I think very cute is another good way to put it. <laughs> what do you, uh, Tim, do you think Yoshida right now is he the Red Sox all star representative? Uh, I think they're going to have him or it's between him and Devers because Devers, like, obviously the average isn't there, but you guys know I'm not a big average guy. The rest of his numbers are there. I mean, he's tops in the AL and home runs, RBIs. Like, what what can he do? The guy's he's still there. He's still one of the best third basemen in baseball. But I think Masa has a really good shot. And on the topic of Masa getting, like, accolades, did you guys see that he doesn't want to be rookie of the year because he's an older guy? I did see that. That's that's kind of cool, honestly. Um, I think that it's tricky with the Japanese players because they are technically rookies, but for the ML, for MLB. But he has been doing this as a pro for a long time, uh, so that's good. Good for him, you know. I wonder if that'll take keep people from voting for him, or they'll just ignore him and do it anyway. I hope they ignore him because, like, I, he's like such a good guy. I feel like he'd feel guilty winning it over like a younger kid who just burst onto the scene hitting like legit professional hitting for the first time yeah so red sox end up going on to win that first game 15 to 5 they beat the hell out of uh domingo german seven runs and two innings they beat up on the bullpen pretty good they ended up even bringing in um isaiah kiner falafa to pitch and uh tristan casas i double off of him <laughs> oh Gotta, gotta love it. Uh, and, you know, Domingo Herman, a guy who knows about beating the hell out of things. <laughs> so uh, it's good to see bad things happen to him. Yep. That was pretty satisfying. I'm not going to pretend uh, anything else. But he must have been doing pretty well because his ERA is all, after seven runs and two innings, is only up to 4.30. I'm kind of kind of disappointed it isn't a little bit more gross. But, uh, oh, yeah, Joe Jakes got the win in, uh, in that game. That was his 28-year-old journeyman's uh, rookie. Yeah. Rookie season picked up the win because, you know, you have to. He was the guy when we went into the fifth inning, so you know, pitched fine. But always cool for see a rookie get a, get a win like that after they spent so long in the minors. So good for you, Jakes. Um, 
what so that was game one that we had a rain out what did what did you guys do during the rain out tim what did you get into um not a whole lot honestly it's been kind of a chill weekend for me so i just kind of waited around and didn't really do much did you stare at the wall yeah literally just stare at the ceiling that's uh, ate my wheaties and water well i get how that is i get how that is how about how about you hogville what'd you get into on the on the raid out uh went out to go see the flash with my dad okay so and you said because we were talking about this a little bit before what was your take on it uh extremely extremely mid that was a Two and a half star out of five movie. My dad liked it though because uh, he got a lot of the references. What do you mean by that? Like with references, like what? Right? Like just like because they made a lot of like pop culture references because of uh, Barry Allen altering the timeline. Like uh, Eric Stoltz was like the original person to play. Uh, yeah. yeah, Marty McFly. Eric, Marty McFly yeah, play yeah. Mar- yeah, play Marty McFly in Back to the Future, and in that timeline, like uh, he played him in Back to the Future. My dad's like, oh, uh, look at that! I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and also like he, he michael keaton batman was his favorite batman so everything with him he loved uh but yeah i mean the the movie uh like ezra miller i, I don't know how that degenerate like with his lack of acting ability like was able to continue to have a job <laughs> yeah i'm kind of with you on that even before all that stuff with him like i remember seeing like the the harry potter movies and being just like this guy sucks who is he in the flash, like it's just like to me, I'm like uh, this. This is why Zack Snyder is never seeing heaven. I'm like, this is the dude you picked to play the Flash. Like Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, so yeah. I mean, he was the worst part of the movie, and he was the main character, so that dragged it down a bit. I thought a lot of the other stuff was pretty entertaining, though. Uh, the girl who played Supergirl is fantastic. I hope she gets a role in the future. Maybe she'll get to play Supergirl again. Hopefully. How about uh, how about you, El Huizo? I went to a wedding, I, so I wasn't going to watch the game anyway. So it worked for me, like nice. Did you did you party a lot at the wedding? Yeah, a lot. Are you still hungover? No. Uh, in the morning, like we went to have like a good breakfast, a lot of spicy food. So now I'm so that fine. beat beat back the uh, the hangover. Good, good for you. Good for yeah. you, man. Weddings are fun. Um, I what the heck? Oh, I went to. I was gonna miss the beginning of the game anyway because um, I was going to my friend's birthday party at this. Uh, it was like a board game cafe, and we played a game called Secret Hitler, and uh, it was. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, that was really the name of the game, and you have to. Um, you you have gotta to find Anthony and the Cape. Hitler is. It, it's a real game. Look it up. Uh, so we did that, and then I watched a few episodes of the new season of clone high which honestly better than i thought it was going to be pretty pretty funny the original is like one of my all-time favorite shows so it's kind of cool seeing that they didn't totally crash and burn on takeoff it's still got six episodes left though so we'll see but that was that was my off day so then we had a double header today um did any of us watch both games i did oh yeah i watched both yeah you all oh wow okay so I was actually at a minor league game with my dad for um for the first one we went to see a doubleheader between Manchester and Akron it was, it was pretty fun if you get the chance to go out to see the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats play double A it's it's a nice stadium good baseball uh it's the Toronto system they I wasn't really impressed by the prospects they had um, a couple of guys looked all right, but like, honestly, both teams, I just wasn't super blown away by anybody, uh, but it was fun, you know, always good to spend time with my dad. 
um, the first game. So since I didn't actually watch it, I followed it a little bit on my phone, but I wasn't really watching it. Does somebody want to uh, take us through what happened uh, in game two of this series? Uh, yeah, they threw Caleb Ward out as an opener and they won the game. So that's pretty mirac- <laughs> that's that's pretty miraculous when you think about it. <laughs> he gave up like a home run, right? Yeah, to Glaber. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, it was a good game. It was a good a uh, uh, good bullpen performance. Uh, Chris Murphy looked really good. Uh, Nick, Nick Pavetta was out there too, I believe. Yeah, he gave us three three really good innings, and then Chris Martin was Chris Martin like he's been the entire year. So I mean, really nothing to complain about in that game. Like just happy overall. Did you guys? I, I saw people complaining that like they used Cora in the ninth inning with a four run lead, and I was like, they used Martin there, and I was very uh, confused by that. Like it's a four run game, and they're not using their closer. What are you upset about? I, I think people wanted uh, Nick to pitch another inning, but I was fine. I, I think the message that Cora sent with that is, uh, I'm not letting you getting even close to that game, and. It worked. I think. I think it was the right choice. I think Nick pitched very well. There wasn't any need to throw him out there one more time, and it ended up working. So it was fine. If, if Chris Martin's um, pitching song isn't yellow on City Connect days, then we have a problem. <laughs> I. Honestly, would not blame him for never wanting to listen to that song in his entire life. <laughs> like, that's gotta get so annoying. They're not the same person. They're not. What? Yeah, the lead News singer of Coldplay isn't isn't six foot eight. Oh damn! Thought yeah. they were the same person. To be honest, uh, you thought you thought wrong, Tim. You thought wrong. Um. It was a good game for out of the pen for some guys. They brought back Chris Murphy as the uh, um, the twenty seventh man on the roster for the doubleheader, and he got in pretty quick in relief of Caleb Or, who other than that home run was fine. He gave up a two run homer, struck out four, two point one innings. Other than the home run, he was fine. The Caleb yes. Ort story, yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, <laughs> but it was two point one innings, so like you know, it could have for him that wasn't. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh but. You know, Chris Murphy was pretty good. One hit, 2.2 innings, three strikeouts. Still hasn't given up a run. I mean, it's only been two uh, outings, but he's gone over two innings in each outing. How? What How? What have you guys thought so far of Chris uh, Chris Murphy, uh, Pizzo? I think, um, well, I love him. I think he's doing the work that uh, we need him to do. I, I Actually, I didn't understand why he started the... Um, that last inning because like it was very close to putting him like um, his first and run. I think Nick did a good job like uh, stranding that. Well, Nick and the Yankees offense that can drive in a run for their lives. But but yeah, I, I think he, I I have been like pleasantly surprised by Murphy. I think it it, it has been like. No complaints from my. Uh, yeah. from he my was part, having yeah. an off, real off year in AAA, but ever since yeah. they turned into a reliever, he's been, he's been a real weapon there. Would you like to see Chris Murphy more than some of these other guys moving forward, Hogdale? Yeah, it's really nice that the Red Sox can add to like uh, you know, like the Twitter lists 
or like people just like randomly add to the list. Like the, the list I'd add Chris Murphy to is like lefties that are better than uh, uh, Dickie Blyer. So, you know, glad we can add him to that list, you know, uh, push Richard Blyer farther and farther out of our minds. And uh, <laughs> I know giving me nom flashbacks right now with that name. <laughs> Where would you put Chris Murphy versus the other lefties on the team? So that's like Julie Rodriguez, Brennan Bernardino, uh, Ryan Sheriff. I feel like there's somebody else. Let me check the trust meter. I feel like there's, there's there's another guy that I'm not thinking of. I guess Dickie Blyer. What about Jackies? Isn't he oh, Joe people? Jacks. Yeah, yeah, Joe Jacks. Yeah, yeah. So where do you put Murphy on that? Uh, I'd say I put him like just because of like uh, actual games played. Uh, because like the quality for the the short time that he's been in has really been up there. But I put him like just behind. Uh, Sheriff and Ber- uh, Bernardino, and I put it like right at the three spot there. Yeah, I really wanted you to say something I was going to argue with, but that's where I'm at too. <laughs> yes, so. you know, sadly, I, I, it's the insurmountable weight of being correct all the time. It's just like yeah. the life that I live. Uh, yeah. I, I've yet to have a bad take on this entire show. It's really it's insane. <laughs> it's true. We could all confirm that. And and anyone uh, who's insane. yelling at the screen right now saying, actually, no, here's three examples. What I'd say is that you're not in front of a microphone. So therefore, what I'm saying is more important than what you're saying. I mean, would you be a little <laughs> flattered, though, that they're like obsessing <laughs> over you this much to be like, well, actually, Hogdale, back on the October 7th, 2021 episode, <laughs> you said... I would be. I, I'm thrilled that anyone listens to the show. So. Yeah, that's. I'm always really surprised when I hear that people do. So that's you know that's that's neat. If you want to hate on me, please do because that's a sign of success. And I will. It's I will an ego boost. I will retweet your hate tweets all over the place. That's it. It, it it's a good feeling. Uh, yeah. So how is uh how would how about Pavetta? How did Pavetta look? Is because I saw the stat line. I didn't actually see him pitch, but uh, it looked like he. Let me. Yeah. Uh, three innings, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, four strikeouts on how many pitches? Uh, forty three pitches. Did, was he as dominant as that sounds? Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He is really. He's really coming to his own out of the bullpen, and I. Really appreciate Nick Pavetta more than I did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he he was blowing hitters with his fastball. It, it was I think he's like very sure of himself right now from the bullpen, so he can mix his fastball and his curveball uh, like like the Nick we knew um, in twenty twenty one. So it has been like really great. How about you? How about you, Timmy? Oh, he just looks great out of the bullpen. Like I'm, I'm super happy with where he's at, and it's a lot better than it was at the beginning of the year. I mean, but it kind of brings us into an interesting question with Hauk out and Crawford already kind of almost being like a long, like an opener, like a long opener. Who moves into the rotation? Wow, what's What's going on? I'm so confused right now. All right, then. <laughs> who, who moves into the rotation? Fucking, uh, who knows, man? I, I wouldn't mind seeing Pavetta back there just because he has, like, the experience, like, here, here, being a here, starter. But Here's a crazy idea. What if they give an opener every fifth day to Nick Pavetta? 
So it's like crazy. they have somebody go like Caleb Ork goes one inning, then Pavetta comes in for like five or something. Yes. What about Kluber? Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, okay, I don't think so. you want an opener who's gonna give five runs in the first inning. So, so no Corey Kluber. No. Okay. Who like is Caleb Ort your opener? Who do you who do you go with for that? Caleb Ort's my opener. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. <laughs> I'm not really a. There's not really anyone else I could think of that I'd want there. Even though, like, uh, I thought it was funny on the broadcast, they actually came up with a, a good point about Caleb Ort, where it's like, it's like he's like the most useless high 90s fastball thrower ever because he never actually can throw a high 90s fastball. His his stuff is only ever controllable when it's like sitting like 94. Like literally yeah. the second he tries to crank it up to like 98, he has no idea where that shit is going. <laughs> uh, it's too bad, but you know, hope spring brings eternal, you know, if you can, if you can just harness it a little bit, even, even like just a couple games every now and then, like that's, that's another relief pitcher option. I don't know. I have like a feeling he's going to go on a run at some point, like a very Hansel Robles like run where he's just like the best pitcher on the team for like a month. And then he has job security like Ryan Brazier. <laughs> job security. Literally. It's like, yeah, you did this good August, so you're hired yeah. until six years from now. Congratulations. Literally. Uh, so that was game game two. It was a pretty solid uh, win. Yoshida had a triple. You were taught you and um, Verdugo. Alex Rodugo hit another two doubles. He's up to 24 doubles on the season now. Uh, he said before the year that he was going to, uh, he wanted to hit 50 doubles. Do you guys think that Alex Rodugo has a shot at 50 doubles? Yeah, I think he definitely has a shot. He plays in Fenway Park. Like, if if there's any place where, like, you can get 50 doubles in a season, it is in Fenway Park. And, like, yeah, for most of the year, he's been hitting the hell out of the ball. Like, I definitely... Uh, like believe in his ability to do it. What's he at right now? Twenty two. Yeah. Like a twink. Yeah, I definitely. He's tracking. He's definitely he's tracking. Twenty four. Uh, shout out to baseball yeah, reference. He hasn't updated. Yeah, he had two more today, so that hasn't been updated. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely believe in his ability to get there. I also love that the second that like the, the Alex Rugo slander started to come in because he wasn't hitting like a god for like three weeks. You know, he, he goes back to you know hitting well again. So good, good, good work on the patience, guys. Another banner week for Red Sox Twitter. Oh my god, I know it's been like I, I feel like the the, the Cassis haters have been out in force too because he's getting like he's getting better, but it's not like he's hitting like four hundred or something with like eighteen home runs in one month. And it's st- like I'll be happy if Tristan Casas hits two fifty with twenty home runs. That's a good rookie season, especially like where he started. Um, but it's like people just expect them to come up to the majors and not just make like get used to the whole lifestyle of it, but make adjustments to pitchers that are making adjustments to them and figure out what their weaknesses and cover those weaknesses in. It, it, it's it, it's a process learning how to do that. Like just about nobody comes up and is just suddenly able to even even the most talented players. Um, I feel like I feel like a big misconception with like prospects to um making it to the majors a lot of people expect it to be like a free agent signing where they're just coming to their new team and playing as well as they were before whereas when you're a prospect coming to the majors is a lot different than switching just a major league baseball team so i feel like there's a lot of misconception there 
with like the whole prospect of free agent signing thing and people just want instant gratification and I'll admit it I like instant gratification too but with like young guys like Casas I'm willing to give it a year or two because I know how difficult it is for some guys to transition just talking to some guys who have played professional baseball they'll tell you hitting a baseball is pretty much impossible like you got to give these guys time like if the Yankees just gave up on Anthony Volpe today we would think they're crazy but like for some reason Tristan Casas has to be different from what Anthony Volpe is going through right now to be fair, Anthony Volpe isn't isn't painting his nails, and he isn't taking long, luxurious sun baths uh, on the on the roof deck. Fucking gives gives a fuck. The power of the sun. I, I gotta say, <laughs> at, these us. baseball players are always raving about their like you know their routine and how they do things a certain way until a guy comes in and does a routine that's slightly different from theirs, and then fucking up in arms. God, guys, just the ambulance. Fucking cry harder about it. Holy shit! I gotta say, uh. Speaking of things that annoyed me this last week, and I'm sure it got brought up on the weekday, weekday show, but I'm not letting Red Sox Twitter fucking get away with this. Uh, Red Sox Twitter jumped the shark when Raphael Devers was getting like legitimate slander. <laughs> like it yeah. was bad. It was and also again this slander had come in fresh off a series where he had hit two home runs. So again, off the Yankees, like the uh, of the Yankees. Yeah, and the, the the Red Sox Twitter's like ability to like have more than two neurons fire subsequently in their head is just so unbelievably difficult, and I just don't understand why. Like, guys, it's Rafael Devers. Look at his entire career. Look at his batted ball numbers. He is fine. And guess what? Again, in this series, uh, what he walked what three or four times? Like in this series, he hit, scorched some balls unbelievably shockingly he's still good i couldn't believe it it's insane get 330 million dollars for this you were the fucking goofballs who were fucking about to like take time out of his house and execute him if he didn't extend him shut up you're not smart you're fucking brainlit shut up Oh God! That just reminded me how happy I am that we're not just talking about Raffy. Maybe he gets extended. Maybe he doesn't. Like we were every series. Dude, that discourse last like year. Ex- exhausting. It's nice we have him, and that's like wow, three hundred thirty million for this guy. Yes, he's really good. He's hitting the playoffs for us too. Before, shut up. You sound stupid. Thank God social media era wasn't in full swing when like Big Poppy was playing. Like thank oh. fucking God. Like, I mean, it was shit. still here somewhat. Like, I'm sure you can go see some pretty embarrassing tweets about that if you want to go through the old Twitter time machine. Uh, but you know what's funny with Devers? I do think, and this isn't saying that, like, he's not, he like, but, but that he's not the best hitter on the team, but he was slumping. It seemed like he was getting a little too home run happy. But then he started, like, because you know how he'll sometimes just ambush a first pitch? It seemed like he was doing that every single at bat. And then he started not swinging at anything, even when it was like 92 miles down the dick. And it was almost like he was too much in his own head. But you know what? Everybody goes through slumps. And like you said, the metrics were still there, that he was still hitting the ball hard. Some of the the, the, the BABIP or whatever it is uh, was indicating that there was some bad luck. His BABIP was 60 points lower than his career average. Like, yeah, that's not going to that's not gonna keep up. It just simply isn't going to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> And I think this about a lot of things, too. Like, okay, so yes, um, in the first game of the series, Tristan Cassis went two for four with um, an RBI and a double. Now, that RBI double came on a uh, a position player, 
and the hit really should have probably been an error. So in some ways, it could have been a 1 for 4 or even an 0 for 4. But how many games have we seen where he hits an absolute atom ball and it just is right at the guy? or Like every other fucking game. Yeah, or he hits a ball Mm -hmm. that should be a double and it's a single because the guy wasn't running or something like that. The stuff has a way of balancing out. If you keep putting the ball in play and you keep putting up quality at bats, eventually the baseball gods will reward you. Um, so I think we'll. I, when I when I see a game like that for Casas, I'm not like he got lucky. I'm more just like it's the the luck evening out. Bad luck and the good luck balance. Like, and if he had, had been having a string of ridiculously good luck, something else would happen to balance out that good luck. It's just it, it, it's the nature of the game. Yeah. All I know is I look at his savant page and that batted ball data is fucking delicious. Uh, he's gonna be they're gonna be i hope you're saving your receipts because there's there's gonna be um a reckoning at some point that is going to be i love that the tristan cassis slander has gone up and up even though like again his play has only continued to get better yeah like, it's like he's doing better and they're telling you like yeah he's not he's barely hitting 200 whoop dee do you love mediocrity i understand you don't watch the games like i get it i i really do understand that like you know if you are watching the games you're doing it like while you're working or whatever, and you're not actually paying attention. Like, yeah, I get like, it. Cass- yeah, you're like, Cassis is up again. Time to walk my dog. Yeah. Whenever I watched Jake Deakman pitch last year. See, I do that for pitchers, but not hitters, because at least with hitters, you know it'll be over quick. Like, I understand. You've got the Dave O'Brien mindset. Like, fucking... <laughs> like, in terms of, like, properly evaluating good baseball players, that doesn't exactly help anything. Like, he's gonna be really good, guys. Like, he's been pretty good the last, like, month and a half. Like trust your eyes like stop seeing with hatred he's one you're supposed to be rooting for these guys to succeed like they're these are our guys he's a homegrown guy okay but hogdale are you gonna believe your eyes or are you gonna believe what some dude on twitter with lots of numbers in his name tells you i mean yeah that's that that's a compelling argument yeah i know (laughs) i know like it's just i'm sorry but it, it is what it is uh so we're gonna we're going to hit game three now, which just ended a little while ago. It was uh, pretty uh, pretty similar to what happened last week, but without the extra innings. Uh, Brian Bayo pitched really well. Um, seven innings, four hits, one run, three walks, eight strikeouts. And he did that on 102 pitches. So we have another seven-inning outing from um, – He's I don't – I wouldn't call him the the – the leader of the rotation, but I think he's the best pitcher on the rotation. I think that Paxton yeah. kind of has to be the, as a veteran, kind of needs to be that leader. He's still in his first full season. So, but Bayo, have you seen a homegrown pitcher like this that you're excited every time he pitches in a while? I think it's been since John Lester. Probably. Ed, you won't say it, but I will. Brian Bayo right. is my ace. He's not my ace. He's my ace. He might be by the end of the season, but right now I think like I, I don't want to put that pressure on him. And the way James Paxton has been pitching, just Brian Bayo's name gives me insane butterflies. I love that man. He's my favorite player on this organization. I gotta say, and- like he uh, he took the school of Pedro seriously because he fucking murders the Yankees. <laughs> Not to mention, did you see his changeup today? Oh yeah, dude, it was disgusting. It was just dropping. Like I, I know he usually pitches low, but. He was pitching low in the zone, and everything was just dropping like perfectly where it needed to. I could beautiful. I could, gush, I could gush for another hour. I mean, I'm not getting ahead of myself right now, but I just want to point out, like with his numbers, he's 59 innings, 3.49 ERA, 20 walks to 57 strikeouts. It's not great, but it's not. It's pretty good. 
he, you can kind of see like the jump from last year. He's really like been their, if not their best starter, then their most consistent starter. The thing that they, you know, people wanted, like me, wanted Chris Bassett to be that for them. Like they signed him on a free eight. But I mean, that's a real, that's a, that's, that's a legitimate potential three, two starter when you look at his numbers right now. That's pretty cool that they have that just from, uh, from the system. And that's, he kind of came, came up pretty quick. You know, the rise of Brian Bayo last year from double A to the majors was, you know, it happened in a hurry. And All I'm saying happen, is like, that in, uh, in Brian Bayo's last seven games, he's got an ERA of 2.57. So oh, it seems like so he's figured good. something out here. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly seems. And we'll see if the league can catch up to him. You know, like he, they, they could just, I think he's throwing his change up more. I think that's been the big, the big wow. key for him has been they, just, that's the best pitch and he's throwing it more. Good, good, yeah. good going. And he's throwing your best for pitch. Strike, wow. so. Yeah, and, and he's throwing that changeup for a strike that when I saw him in Anaheim, that he pitched a really good game, but I was worried that every time he got ahead in the count, he started throwing that changeup like way to outside, way to down. And it's like your changeup is nasty. You can throw it closer to the, to the zone and they're going to. They're gonna miss it, and I think he started to do, to do that, and everything changed. Like I saw, like in today's in today's game, I think he had like uh, four swing and misses in changeups that were right in the middle of the zone. It, it was beautiful. Yeah, you know what he's firing on all cylinders because the other players they'll know he's gonna throw it, and it doesn't matter. They'll know yeah. it's coming, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, I saw a beautiful tweet earlier that showed like all like the Red Sox young pitchers like numbers against the Yankees. I have it pulled up right here. Career career ERA against the Yankees. Brian Bayo, one point four four ERA in twenty five innings pitched. Garrett Whitlock one point eight five ERA in twenty four innings. Cutter Crawford two point zero eight in thirteen innings. Tanner Houck two point three nine in thirty seven innings. Oh, the future is bright. The future yeah. is bright. <laughs> it does feel good to have all these young starters there and that they'll have some money to spend potentially on one of the starters next year to kind of fill in that rotation for the last spot. Uh, if they don't give Bayo a Braves 10-year extension, I'm going to fucking riot. I I don't want to do a when do they extend Bayo episode until I run out of more ideas, but we're going to have, we're going to have one of those soon. That's going to be, we're going to have to have that conversation. I don't, I just don't want to do it right now because we have other stuff to talk about. It's a sweet, maybe we can do that in a series where he pitches a good game and they lose the other two or something. Like maybe that's what we do it. But, um, you know, there, there, there are some positives here. Uh, it's just so many positives with the, when you get a sweep, it's great. Um, yeah. Red Sox won. Four to uh, four to one. They got a big bases loaded double from Tristan Casas. That was the that was kind of the big hit in this one. It was it was the Red Sox were up two one and they sort of put it out of reach with that. Um, it was another one that he hit the crap out of and it just didn't get out of the field, but it did park, but it did knock out. Uh, it knocked in two runners. Um, do you guys, where do you think, as I was saying this before, that I think he's going to be like 250, 20 home runs, but where do you think Tristan Cassis is at the end of the season, Wietso? Mm, I, I think it's hard to tell. I, um, I, I really didn't like that comment that he was going to be platooning first base with Justin Turner, I think. I think he's coming up on his own, and he's, a, uh, he's very good. I mean... 
I see him, and even when he's in a slump, he always looks good on the plate. I, I, have, I, I have never seen a, um, a Navy from him that I thought, like, that was ugly. Maybe he strikes out, maybe he grounds out, but he's, he's always um, seeing the ball well. And I think when you're doing that, and when you hit the ball, you hit it hard, eventually it's going to pan out. And, and I think we're seeing it more and more and more. Like the double he hit today, it was like a big spot against Severino. Bases loaded, two outs, and he didn't lose his cool. He was waiting for his pitch, and I don't, I don't even think he got his pitch. He only saw like one he thought he could hit, and he hit it. And I think, I think we have to be like more, much more patient with Tristan Casas because he he has the potential, and we all know. He, he has the potential to be one of the three, four best hitters in this in this lineup. And I think he already is very, very close to that. So I think he's there. I think he, he may be hitting four or five by the end of the year. We've seen him hit five a little bit, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that again. I still want to see him lead off at some point just because I, I really like the, the eye and him getting on base. He's eighth in the league in walks right now. Alex yeah. Cora is just like too old fashioned of a baseball mind for that. Like yeah. he just he's like, nah, I want a guy that has some speed. Even though, like, yeah, Castles is like in the modern in modern landscape of Major League Baseball would be a fantastic leadoff hitter. Where where do you think he ends up? Like his uh, what do you think batting average and home runs for uh, Tristan Cassis end of the season? If he keeps up the gradual improvement that we've seen so far, he'll end up like around what you're saying, like you know, two fifty, like probably like a three. 380 on base, uh, 20 home runs. Uh, I'm under the mindset though, that he's going to break out like pretty soon. Like one of these months, he's going to have a period where he really breaks out. Uh, I think he ends the season like between 25 and 27 home runs to 400. Wow. That's, uh, you are always, I feel like you always go a little higher than I do Hogdale. I, like I fucking I believe in Tristan Cassis, man. I, I also love that, like you know, the, the reports come out like uh, the, the Red Sox think this guy's too arrogant, and the fans think that he's arrogant. Like again, you can't have it both ways, guys. You you can't to play in this market, a market this size. I'm sorry, you should have an inflated ego. Like you need to have a high opinion of yourself, always the media here will break you, and the fans will break you. Unshakable self-confidence is a good thing. It's like the teams that passed in Aaron Rodgers in the uh, the football draft because, like, what, too arrogant, too high and mighty. Like, you want that in your quarterback. You all sound fucking stupid. Like, just, just use your brain. I'm telling you, it's not hard. All right, Tim, you're Christian Cassis under the year prediction. Where do you think he's at? Uh, I think he's going to be hitting around uh, 230, 240, anywhere from 25 to 30 homers. Is where I think he'll end up. So I don't. I don't think the average is going to be too eye popping, but I think the power is going to be there. I think he could see his way into maybe like thirty-five doubles too. I think that's a possibility. He's at ten doubles right now, so I'd find there, he'd have to really go on a on a tear there. But you know, I think that I think it's interesting. You think more. You think much more power than I do. I think that more of the balls will just drop, and he'll keep drawing walks, and he'll end up around two. Between 240 and 250. For reference, by the way, Tristan Cassis in his last 15 games is his slash line is 283, 431, 478. That's pretty good. It's pretty, yeah, it's all right. 
No, he right. stinks though. Uh, you know, send him down. Uh, you know, I totally watched the game. Send him down. He's a bum. Bum. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that was the series. Uh, Winkowski and Jansen shut the door. They're having great years out of the pen, and the Red Sox sweep the Yankees. I believe they've won four games in a row now. They are two games over 500, uh, 37 and 35, which is still good for the fifth of the AL East, but they are only two games behind the Yankees and the uh, Blue Jays now. Might be like a half a game in there or something, but they're starting to to creep up. If they can keep this... I, I The Yankees without Aaron Judge aren't a 500 team. Like, they've looked really rough, and this is like... They're barely you know, we, see, we know what rough looks like after the last few weeks for the Red Sox. Uh, the Yankees have looked kind of like that with just all the errors and everything. Um, so that's going to take us to our next uh, segment. That's going to be the, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Um, sort of a pitch and um, big stick of the series. So who who's your big stick, Pogdale? Who's your offensive player of the series? Uh, I think it has to be Justin Turner. Justin Turner had has had a phenomenal series. He's had a phenomenal, like, what, just like the last five or six games. Uh, the, the, the heat, like, you know, turning up. Uh, has really helped him out, like, you know, helps his power numbers. And uh, he, he's just been, like, rock solid, man. Like, I, I didn't think he was bad prior to this point uh, in this uh, season. He'd been, like, the definition of Justin Turner. And, like, now he's really starting to crank it up. Uh, he really enjoys it in Fenway Park. And I just uh, just nothing but good things to say about, about him, man. I mean, he's a really good locker room guy, too. Every indicator about Justin Turner is, like, this is a really good guy, good good dude to have on your team. Yeah, how about how about you, Huizo? Yeah, I'm Justin Turner. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, you hit two homers, one of them a grand slam against the Yankees. You you have the the title for best hitter in, in that series. All right, so that's two for Turner. How about you, Tim? Um, I was stuck between both the first basemen with Turner and Casas, but the uh, grand slam is literally what set them apart for me. Casas did. I would like to say shout out to Casas for that big double today, though, because that was huge in helping secure this victory and make sure Brian Bayo could go seven innings. Yeah, that's that's fair, but I'm gonna have to agree with you too. Uh, it's unanimous. It's going to be um, uh, Justin Turner for the win on this one. Um, so, how about for the pitcher, the son of a, the son of a pitch? Who have who have you got for your son of a pitch, Weezo? I think Brian Bayer. I, I mean, he he pitched a great game, but he also looked like like a superstar against the Yankees. Like I I knew that he was going to get that last strikeout. And how often do you can you know that a pitcher with a hundred pitches in the game is going to deliver? And he delivered the whole game. So yeah, Brian Bayer. All right, Tim. Who have you got for pitcher? Um, Brian Bale. I agree with everything Huizo said, and just the way he came off the mound in the seventh inning fired me up. It made me feel things like Sunday night baseball, New York Yankees, when the lights were brightest, Brian Bale shoved. Hopefully he goes home and plays some Fortnite tonight. <laughs> uh, how about you, Hogdale? Oh, yeah, it's not even like a debate. It's Brian Bale. F- phenomenal start. Uh, and like he got into some trouble in the seventh, he looked completely unfazed, unbothered, got through it. Uh, helped out like when we had to like have a bullpen game within the same day. Like he delivered a more than quality start. 
uh, I love this dude, and I've got so much hope for him in the future. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be a unanimous win for Bayo also. I thought that he was pretty, like, the clear pick. I think Pavetta would probably be my runner-up. He looked really good, but it's got to be Bayo. Seven innings, another quality start. Um, so on the leaderboards, that actually puts Bayo in second place. He's got He's won two in a row now. So he's behind only Kenley Jansen with three pitch, uh, with three uh, son of the pitches, and then for the big stick, that's Justin Turner's first. Raphael Devers is number one with five, um, and then it's just uh, Justin Turner's tied for second with uh, Cassis, Verdugo, Yoshida, and Duval. So those are the, uh, your leaderboards. If the season were to end right now, the son of a pitch would be Kenley Jansen, and the uh, big stick would be Raphael Devers, you know, just just like we predicted, at least with the pitching. So that brings us. Oh, sorry. What's up, Hogdale? No, I just absolutely. I was adding on. Go ahead, Dad. Uh, that's kind of you. Thank you. Um, so that's going to bring us to our next segment. It's going to be three up, three down, which I posted just before this episode started. Um, we've got. We ended up getting a surprisingly decent amount of uh, questions with this, um, so I'm going to go through them and. First, what I'm going to ask is, are, oh no, here's a, here's a good one. If you had Trevor Story all season, where are the Red Sox in the standings? And that comes from our friend, uh, Gary Morgan at Gary Mo 2007. He's host of a podcast and one of uh, his co-hosts was a guest on the show uh, when we did our Pirates episode. But uh, what do you guys think? What place do you think the Red Sox are in with Trevor Story? I'm going to try to be humble about this. So I'd say probably third place, honestly, just with the way the Rays and the Orioles have been playing. I think we could definitely be better than the Yankees and Blue Jays have been this year if they had Trevor Story. Just based off the fact defensively at shortstop, you know he has a great glove there. And then the insurance he gives Devers and Turner and Duvall in this lineup when he's in there is unmatched to anybody else in the lineup. So, yeah, I think third place is a realistic spot to put this team if they had story all year. All right. Hogdale? Yeah, I agree with that. I really don't think I'm understanding. I think they would have won, like, at least five more games, like, with Trevor Story, like, in the lineup, with his impact offensively and defensively, with how openly Kike has trolled, like, this season at shortstop. Uh, I got to say, Alex Cork, like, he cannot quit uh, Kike Hernandez at shortstop. It's like his version of crack cocaine. Uh, it's he says he's gonna stop he swears like you know we're done with this he's no he's a platoon role he's uh he's a utility guy i'm not putting him at shortstop and like you know he goes like a day like without it and like the itches start coming in the shakes he's like fuck (laughs) i gotta i gotta have it gotta have that kk shortstop man lose my fucking mind man look at him look at him go he's so cute look at him look at him go back and forth yeah 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 Oh, oh boy. So uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> opinion on the matter. All right. How about you, Ruzzo? Um, I also think we'll be like in third. I I think we we have like at, at least 40 wins by now. Uh, yeah, I think his bat has been really needed, especially the last like month or so. But especially his defense. I mean, we all know he's elite in the field. So, yeah, yeah, this team will be, like, right in the middle of the contention right now. Yeah, they're definitely still in it. And I kind of feel the same that it would be uh, they'd be in third place right now. Um, 
it's it, that would be a huge addition. You have your second baseman, you, or you put him at shortstop, even if his arm is all the way healed, and like that takes away so many errors just by having him there. Literally. Yeah. Well, that's uh, thank you for that one, Gary. Uh, we've got our next one is from Marty McFly at Soxmart one two three. Um, it's a looks like a two part question. The first part is how many times has Ed been to the bathroom in his life? <laughs> How many times? You're going to go at least two. You think two? At least two. Okay, over or under two, Hogdale. Go to the under. I'm taking the under on this one. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty constipated. All right, so you're up. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) At least, I'm going to say at least five. At least five. I'm going to be honest with you, Huizo. I was going like at least five times a day when I was visiting Mexico the other week. I got sick. Yeah, yeah I, I, was th- I was thinking that, like, that probably. Uh, I might have done that just when we were hanging out, like, just when we were watching the Celtics. I think I might have done, had to get up, like. The altitude and the food was kicking your ass. <laughs> it always does, too. And it doesn't matter where I visit. This happened to me when I was in Italy, too. My stomach's like, oh, it looks like we're some filler different. I don't like that. I think I just have, like, a xenophobic stomach or something. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, but it all tastes so good. Stop giving me this. Um, all right. Tim, how many times do you think I've gone to the bathroom in my life? Um, I'm going to agree with Hogdale here and take the under. Okay, under two. Well, I, I, I got to tell you guys, uh, the answer is certainly more than 20. No. More than sure 20. Not. But none of you went over, so who was the closest? I think it was uh, Huizo <laughs> was the closest. So, Huizo, yeah. you, uh, you win the, the Price is Right game show. Uh <laughs> The second question, though, from this one is, uh, are the Sox going to be sellers at the trade deadline, or is it too early to say? Uh, only two games back of the wild card currently. I'm going to answer this one. It's still too early to say. Like, we don't. I think this time of year, this time last year, the Red Sox were, like, going 20 and 4 in June. We all thought they were going to, like, run away with the wild card or maybe even take the division. And then they fell right on their faces because everyone got hurt. So, yeah, I, I way too early. Way too early. Check back in a month. Ask ask me that. <laughs> I'll have a better idea. Yeah, you guys, where are you uh, t- Tim? We'd say you have anything to add? Yeah, it's very very early, and I don't think it's also Heinz style to be like a seller or, or buyer. I think no, he he loves to keep it to the last minute. He loves to have as many. It's like the flexibility thing. Like we have to wait until the last minute to trade for Tommy Pham. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I, I, it's too early to tell. Like this team is a lot different than last year's team, where last year's team was on that insane run, like you said, and this year's team like goes on insane runs, and then they go on insane shitters. So you yeah. really can't tell. Polarizer. Um. So we're gonna go back. Actually, no. We have one more question. We've got to answer with it. Let's see what we've got. Let's see if there's anything that I uh, that tickles. My fancy here. Uh, okay, do you guys want a baseball question or a non-baseball question? Non-baseball. Okay, that's one for non-baseball. No, no for a non-baseball question. Okay. Um, so this is from this is from Will uh, Stecker Will. 
Um, are refried beans or pinto beans the better pairing with tacos? And um, I'm going to have Huizo uh, start this one. Can, can you repeat that? Probably, probably knows better than we do. What, what was it? Oh, okay, are refried beans. Okay, no, I'll say it again. I'll do this one quicker. Are refried bean, beans or pinto beans the better pairing with tacos? Uh, refried beans, for refried sure. Refried beans. Okay, so that's one for refried beans. Uh, Hogdale? Yeah, definitely a refried beans kind of guy. Timothy, Timmy as Hardcore. A, as a man who hates all kind of beans just due to the texture, I will say refried beans. Okay, we've got a perfect victory for refried beans. It's refried beans. So that's three up, three down. We'll I'll try to remember not to do it minutes before the show starts next week, but it's uh, you ask your questions. We pick out the ones that we like the most. So if you want to get creative, please get creative. Thanks to everybody that uh, contributed to that. Um, so uh, we're going to go to a less optimistic thing now. This is uh, a feature that we do. You know, we like to have, we like to celebrate the guys who have the best weeks, but we also uh, like to chastise whoever had the worst week. And who is the one that does the chastising? Why it's our very own Hogdale. So who is it this time that is going to have the poop sock? Oh, uh, yes, the Red Sucks Award, the poop sock. Uh, I'm going to start this off with a little uh, soliloquy. What do we know about this Red Sox front office? That's a question. You guys answer. Uh, Holy shit. I'm building to something here. Fucking support um, me. <laughs> people, okay, people, people don't like them. People don't like them. Now, uh, why do people tend to not like them? Because they think that they're cheap and they think that they don't care about winning. Yes. Uh, another reason why. Uh, pretty tight-lipped. Don't really, you, you cannot get anything out of this Red Sox front office. It's part of the reason why the Boston media is so apt to shit on them, because they can't get anything out of them in terms of quotes or sources or anything. Uh, this is like one of the most ironclad ships that's been run in recent history. And it makes part of the reason like why being a fan around the trade deadline is so frustrating, because we just are completely in the dark as to what the team is doing. So that leads me to this. Uh, a story leaked this week from Chad Jennings uh, in The Athletic uh, about Tristan Cassis. Uh, basically, like they, they leaked the story uh, because this is a leak. Like, this is intentional. Like, when something like this gets out, like, from the Red Sox front office, they did this on purpose. So, you know, like, uh, again, we're trying to, like, shit on our prospect uh, first baseman, or due to, like, who, again, who has been rapidly improving. Basically just putting a story out there saying that like uh, implying that he doesn't listen to coaches and that, uh, you know, he does his specific fielding drill at first base. And we just want him to work on his fundamentals at first when like, are you guys so chicken shit? You have to throw like veiled shots at him at the media instead of like as a like I'm manager, Alex Cora going up and saying, Christian, you're doing this. So that's why the poop sock this week is going to fucking the Red Sox front office, fucking doing a chicken shit behavior thing and like leaking out stories about their players to make them look bad in the media. Fucking Bush League. Just terrible. All of you should feel ashamed. All right. So that's this week's poop sock. It joins uh, Kenley Jansen, Corey Kluber, Raphael Devers, and Yankee Stadium second base as uh, past poop socks. Yeah. It's deserved. Like, again, that's... No. You, you know, like, that's some shit the, like, the White Sox do. Like, we're gonna leak some shit about a player to make him look bad. Like, fucking be better. My god. Hotdale said a big screw you to Brian O'Halloran. <laughs> Such a specific one, but that's the actual GM. When people say fire the GM, that's who they realize. That's what they're saying. Yeah. 
But people hate Twisted Casses because, like, damn, he didn't call Poppy up enough. This is so sad. <laughs> like, yeah, I prefer he talked to him, too, but, like, it's not a fucking indictment on I, his entire character. I, I talked to Poppy. I have a serious question, though. What is him talking to David Ortiz going to do about improving his defense if that's what they want for? <laughs> yeah. He's, like, kind of a good fielder. Like, when under he, the radar, kind of a good fielder. When he gave a shit. <laughs> to, like, to do it. Oh my god. Shout out to Poppy, man. Love that man. So we go from the poop sock to the opposite of the poop sock, the trustometer. Uh Hogdale, you ready to read this year? That's where we read the uh how much we trust the bullpen. Uh Hogdale reads it up right great. now. I'm uh, I'm good at improvising. It's what I do. Is I mean, it, you're is also it... just you're likable. You're very affable. Yeah, affable. Is it is it your pin tweet or no? It, oh shit! Did I pin it? I don't think I pinned it yet. Hang Jesus. on, I'm gonna go pin it. Did and, you just call Hockdale? Okay. Yeah. Go and refresh your screen. Like, he's very affable. Have you talked to him? Oh, I I heard differently. <laughs> All right, I got the trustometer pulled up here at number ten. No surprises here. It is Corey Kluber. This dude uh, stinks, and he has stunk the entire year. Uh, only kind of surprised that he isn't in the shadow realm. Like uh, he escaped Shadow Realm, he's just barely out of it. I think he still has a toe dipped in it though, so it's it's possible he could return based on the actions of next week. Really, I just think the vibes were too good to put someone in the Shadow Realm. Ed- Edward, you are muted, brother. Yeah, no, he had those two shutout innings, so that's how he escaped the Shadow Realm. So yeah, he he's got like half a leg still in there, but like he's like seventy five percent out of the Shadow Realm. So you know, we we do love to see that. At number nine is Caleb Bort, who opened the game and the Red Sox won that game. But he's still at number nine because this man has a foundation of untrust, and this is the trustometer. How can you trust a man that at his base is untrustworthy? So, you know, that's enough of him. Goodbye. Number eight, Justin Garza. We like Justin Garza in this house. In this house, we enjoy, we enjoy Justin Garza. Uh, he's been like such a completely serviceable reliever, and I enjoy that. There's a, many more serviceable relievers that I'm used to having on this. Like last year, Justin Garza would have been an easy number five, maybe number four. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. The last year's bullpen was a fucking tragedy. Disaster. <laughs> At number seven, Joe Jakes. That's another serviceable arm in that in that bullpen. There, not really much to add. Like I, uh, uh, I've enjoyed his baseball stylings. He's he's played good baseball, better than the bottom two by a landslide. <laughs> From the what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I heard the bobbin tube. The bobbin tube, exactly. <laughs> Number six, uh, really, just like for lack of uh, appearances, is Chris Murphy, who's looked really good. Like from what we've seen of him, we just haven't seen too much of him. And when they're still a bit unknown, that is inherently untrustworthy if you can't know it. So he has to be at number six. I completely understand this placement. Even though uh, at number five, like it's debatable because this man has walked in uh, a run to home more than once this season, which is an untrustworthy thing to do. But he was really good. He's been pretty good lately, and that's Nick Pavetta at number five. Uh, We enjoy to see it here. We let we we do like Nick Pavetta. He's a very handsome man. Ryan Brady is his boyfriend. This is these are all facts that are you know synonymous with him, and uh, we, we just love the man. And uh, I want to see him continue to strive to succeed. At number four, Brennan Barberino, Bernardino. This is the he's a good lefty. He's a good lefty in the bullpen. <laughs> he is the number one lefty at the moment. 
yeah and it's it's deserved like good good for him uh and i've enjoyed seeing brennan Brent bernardino like one of the best scrappy pickups in recent memory number three josh winkowski he had a spout of trolling a bit over the last two weeks but it was only for a little bit only a little trolling you know much like donald trump we only do a little bit of trolling here just a little bit uh the rest of the time he's been lights out so i got you know like love josh winkowski he can keep it up uh, he, it's crazy how much better he is as a bullpen guy, as opposed to a dude in the rotation. So like we keep him there. And number two is Kenley Jansen. Who's been lights out lately. Like he's been looking like Kenley Jansen. Uh, and the only reason he isn't number one is because I like, I, it feels like Chris Martin has had, hasn't had a bad outing in, in eternity. Like the, the definition rock solid trustworthy. That's the number one pinnacle of trust. I definitely agree with Chris Martin at the number one spot. Nothing really wrong with Kenley Jansen at two. Like, Again, like he's been lights out. He's been himself and he has the highest average cutter velocity, I think, since his rookie season. So that's the trustometer. Good work, good work, gang. Another successful trustometer red. I I love listening to your monologues on that. Like I like that you get to just go get to go to a full hog dale. (laughs) Oh yes. Exactly. All right, so that takes us to I think that's uh, that's it except for our season our preview for the next series. So they're going to be playing the Minnesota Twins, uh, who are currently thirty six and thirty six. The Red Sox actually have a better record than the five hundred Twins because the Red Sox are above five hundred. Um, game one is going to be uh, Canadian sex god James Paxton against guy. Lots of people wanted the Red Sox to trade for during the off season. Pablo Lopez. Uh, who, what do you guys think? Uh, Lopez is 3-3 three and three with a 4.27 ERA. Paxton's 2-1 with a 3.09 ERA. Who do you got for game one? I have the Sox winning game one with uh, Carlos Correa home run being the only offense for the Twins. Is he even healthy? Yeah, he's been playing well. Uh, okay, good for, good for him, I guess. Though. <clears throat> yeah, who you got, Hogdale? Uh, yeah, I, I do got the Sox and I, I believe in them in this series. I, I just hope that like, you know, they take this Yankees sweep and like as something to build upon to play a stretch of good baseball instead of doing what they've done for most of the season, which is play good baseball and then immediately troll for three consecutive games. So, you know, I'm hope I'm betting on them actually building on this and having a foundation of good baseball to play. So I think they take this one. Okay, Huitzo. Yeah, I'm also with with Hoglil and Team. I think uh, the Sox win this game. I think that this one has a distinct advantage for the Red Sox because Paxton's been so good. Uh, so I'm going with uh, the Red Sox. Um, game two, that's going to be... Uh, it's a 7.40 start time. It's going to be Cutter Crawford versus Bailey Ober. Uh Ober is a big righty. Four, uh, he's four and three with a two point six five ERA. Uh, Crawford is one and three with a four point two zero ERA. Who you got? Uh, I think this one goes for the Twins. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see us beating Ober, and I think uh, Crawford has been really unlucky with run support. So, so yeah, I'm gonna give it this one to the Twins. All right. Hogdale? Uh, Bailey's good season is over because the Red Sox <laughs> are about to shit this down this man's throat. Eight runs. Uh, they're going to absolutely <laughs> shove and dominate in this game. 
uh, beating him into submission. So the Sox are taking this one, you know. All right. So the savaging of uh, Bailey over. We've got uh, we've got you, Tim. What do you have? Uh, Hogdale, what do they say? Great minds think alike. Yes. I have the Red Sox shitting all over Bailey Ober this game. I think they're going to score between 8 to 12 runs. I don't even know if they're necessarily going to score all of those just off him, but the offense is going to do what the offense is supposed to do, and that is fuck. Yep. That checks out. I'm going with uh, – I, I kind of have to side with Huizzo uh, on this just because I like Cutter, Cough, Cutter Crawford, the reliever, a lot. I'm not as into Cutter Crawford, the starter. I think he's good through three innings, and then it starts getting a little tough. So uh, going to go Minnesota on this one, but I'd love to be proven wrong. Uh, game three on Thursday is going to be a one o'clock game. So it's an afternoon game on Thursday. Uh, and it's going to be uh, Joe Ryan versus uh, TBD. Oh, wait, I think I might have – hang on. I no, think I skipped... Yeah, you skipped the – I think I skipped one. Sorry what about that. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he's yeah sorry about so that. Yeah, game. Gray. Sorry, game three is actually going to be uh, Sonny Gray versus Garrett Whitlock. Gray is four and one with a two point three seven ERA, and Whitlock is four and two with a four point three eight ERA. Gotta say, uh, Sonny Gray playing for teams where like there's no spotlight is the greatest pitcher who's ever lived. So like, <laughs> like. It's just crazy. Like, the second the lights turn on, like, he really is, like, the definitive Minnesota twin in that regards. Or, like, they'll play good baseball until, like, something, like, you know, that a game that's, like, worth playing and matters happens and they just fold, like, a, you know, a cheap blanket. So, uh, I think the Sox are, uh, they'll win that one. Fuck it. Sweep. Sweep. Okay, well, that's actually game three of a four-game series. Uh, who do you have to Oh, it's have? a four-gamer. That's crazy. Yeah. They're going to sweep anyway. Gives a fuck. I think the Red Sox, unfortunately, are going to lose this one to a guy whose nickname is Pickles. I think <laughs> Pickles is going to pitch well. All right. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you guys. Um, I, I think Gray's going to shove. He's going to be an all-star, right? Like, there's he's having such a good season. And Whitlock's been good, but he always has that, like, one inning where things get a little scary. Like, the fifth inning, he has, like, two runners on, and it can either blow up or it doesn't. Uh, I, I just feel like Gray on that one. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Oh. Game four. So that's the day game is the game four one, and it's Joe Ryan versus TBD. Does anybody have any idea who's going to be pitching this one? Uh, yeah, I hate to break news or anything, but streets are saying Hogdell is being flown out to start that game. Hallelujah. So I, I didn't realize um, you were lending your services. You told me when we talked about this before that um, when they you didn't make when they didn't want you on the team for spring training, you said that Hogdale doesn't do uh, doesn't do uh, options. So I, I thought you were in a different organization. Yeah, you know, but I had to come back. I you know I just got such a soft spot for the Red Sox, man. You know, they gave me a call. I had to lend them my talent. You know, I got to throw a pretty filthy palm ball. Like so, you know, these fuckers ain't ready. <laughs> do, do you know who my, uh, gonna be? What's up? Do we know who it's like actually gonna be? I have no clue. I couldn't no, tell no. you. No. It's right, TBD, well, man. You underestimate TBD's power. Are you insane? So I'm gonna just go on a bet and say it's gonna be Brandon Walter because I want Brandon Walter to make his debut. I'm just gonna That'd say be that. awesome. 
Um, and I think the Red Sox are going to win that one. It's going to be a split series, two games. Two. They're going to be, even though Joe Ryan's really good and has pitched well, I just think they're going to beat him. So, 2-2. Two, two. All right. Uh, I think that's our show for today. Uh, anybody have anything to add? Uh, yeah, totally off topic. But, like, we got some great hair on tonight's episode. You guys have great hair. Guizzo has, like, legit fantastic hair. And it looks like that in real life, too. Like, that's... Like, I thought, like, it was, like, an effect that he uses on the video or something to, like, make his hair look extra good. No, he just has really nice hair. <laughs> Thank you. Guizzo is just, like, an absolutely amazing human being. Oh, Shout yeah, out. For, first episode together. How'd that go? Fantastic. It was great. Can't wait yep. to meet the guy. Yeah, gotta get he, down. You gotta, are you coming up here, Huizo, or is he coming to Mexico City? Because I think Tim in Mexico City is something I need to say. Yeah, I, I, I think Tim wants to come here, and I told him I, I was going to be like his tourist guide if he comes down here. And I think he's, he's going to be a menace. So the plan is for me to do a vlog in Mexico City with Huizo as my tour guide. I so love this so much. Filming every day. I I would like to see this very much. Um, please do it. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, Tim. Love you, too, All brother. right. So we'll be back, um, I think, with – I think it's the minor league show next. Uh, that'll be later in the week. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get a good series. Sox can keep up the winning. And, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Go Sox, kid.